Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. to another episode of Before My Time. I am your host, Gelsey Laurie, and we are joined, as always, by our co-host, producer, and friend, Matt Kelly, and we are going to talk about our top five favorite Eddie Murphy sketches on Saturday Night Live. Let's do it. To entertain you, we'll sing your songs for good times, the best times. You can't go wrong. We'll two step a new step. It won't be long. When the Dixie Lands are playing, soon you'll be swaying. So come on, sing along. All right, Kelsey, we're not talking about Eddie Murphy for really any particular reason. There's no anniversary or anything. We just, we just over a year ago, yeah, well, over a year ago, we did an SNL episode and we're like, we're going to do many more of these and, and then we haven't done any. So I got distracted <laughs> with the oldie timesy Hollywood pictures. <laughs> yeah, but Eddie Murphy, so Eddie Murphy, obviously we both know Eddie Murphy, the actor, um, my exposure to Eddie Murphy, the SNL cast member, is kind of fairly limited to like best of compilations and mm-hmm. a few other things. But um, I, I did a same. lot of digging. Yeah, I dug yeah. around to see if there was anything I may have missed that didn't make it on those compilation videos. And it didn't. It seemed like they, they really captured like the 
moments of his career. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because it's like there's some part of my brain that even forgets he was a cast member. Like we talked about it on our SNL. Um, we focused more on the first five years of our SNL episode, which is a great episode. You should go check it out. But, um, you know, this is more kind of got him to his start, but he very quickly took off, very quickly went to Hollywood and, and became the film star that everyone knows him as. And kind of that's where my brain always goes back and goes to Trading Places, Beverly Hills Cop, Coming to America. He, like that's how we know him. But it well, is, it's just like SNL is, with, you know, that jumping platform. Yeah. And, and I think that it's easy to forget that like not only did he very quickly jump into being an actor, in a lot of ways, Eddie Murphy saved Saturday Night Live. Yes. Like, like, Saturday Night Live was very close to being that show that you remember from the 70s that ran for, like, six or seven seasons. But, like, things that... People who want to complain about the current cast of SNL should really dip their toe into that, like, 1970... Or, like, 1981 cast that like they fired the entire cast after one year and it was like one of the only seasons without Lauren Michaels at the helm like mm -hmm. it's it's dark once Lauren days. left yeah once Lauren yeah. left because I mean it's his it, it is still his show it's such yeah it and once he was kind of walked away yeah it really was going to be tanked hard and and I just want to side note anyone that says they complain about the current cast and I feel like the last at least 10 years I hear people go SNL wasn't what it was and everyone misses the Will Ferrell, Ferrell Sherry O'Terry uh, you know whatever the kind of 90s at least that's what I grew up with with starting it and I just think everyone's partial to their cast where I could say my parents are going yeah but there's no Gilda Radner. There's no... So it's, you know, it, to me, though, anyone that says that, I'm like, are you, do you watch it, though? And they go, well, no. And I'm like, then you can't have your yeah. two cents of... Because the cast right now is brilliant, and they've got some fantastic writers. So I just want to put out there. I'm a diehard I, SNL watcher. Look, and, I, and I also think that there has never been a... You will never find a season of SNL that doesn't have some real stinker sketches in them. Like... Oh, you... They have to even... I mean, that's comedy in general. Any of your favorite stand-up comedians, if you're watching their Netflix special, they've toured the entire season with that show, and they don't film their first city to put on Netflix. They do the whole tour and then they film one of their last cities so they've refined it. So they've bombed in some business, some uh, in some cities, some jokes have not landed and you're only getting that final product. And so it's like SNL's being pumped out every single week. And like you said, it's just some things are going to hit and some things aren't. And sometimes the things that they think this is stupid, this is a throwaway are the sketches that blow up yeah. and everyone gets obsessed yeah, with. Yeah, so no one, I don't think anyone on SNL, I'm sure they thought the cowbell sketch was funny. I don't think any of the people in that sketch would have thought that 20 something years later it would still be this like iconic quoted pop thing. culture type yeah exactly and so it's it's kind of like even I was just talking to a friend so we're going on a little rant but with like social media TikTok Instagram be it you know it's I have a pretty active Instagram account and if you want to follow me you can but um it's I get a little gung-ho on the quality of video and it's like, is this creative enough? Is this funny? Is this cool? And I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just about the content being pumped out. Yeah. And when you have that high quantity of content, you have to, some things are going to be shitty. And I'm like, sometimes my reels are going to be kind of dumb and suck, but some are going to pop off and get 6 million views like a few did. And it's just, you never know. So you just have to put it out there. And that's literally what Saturday Night Live is somewhat doing. Yeah. I mean, they have much better content, like, but it's, it's, to do it weekly, that many sketches, that is a lot. 
Yeah. Which sucks because now we're just pumping out shit. But anyways, Eddie Murphy, who yeah. does not pump Eddie out Murphy. shit, he's pumped out gold so, specifically on SNL. So let's see. I, I predict more than even Aerosmith, there will be some overlap. So... In order yeah, we're to doing avoid... a top five, by the way, in case yeah, we didn't we're doing a top say five. that we're doing, we're doing top they five. They saw the name of the episode sketches. when they hit okay, play. Okay, okay, I just, you know, we didn't say, <laughs> we normally do, we normally do bands top five and our favorite songs. I think this is one of, aside from maybe the Twilight Zone episode, this is one of the only other top five not music. Um, not music, yeah. So, far. so I'm excited. I'll, I'll go first this time because I feel like last time... I kept stealing your thunder with with all <laughs> with the placements of Aerosmith songs on my list, and you barely yeah. got to talk. My number five might be a controversial one to put at five, as when I was doing research on this, I saw almost across the board every list put this as the end all be all greatest sketch that Eddie Murphy's ever done. And I like it. I get that it's an important sketch. I get that it's a funny sketch. But I think that the four that I put above it are the ones that really make me laugh out loud where this one is more of a social commentary. And that is the mm-hmm. white like me sketch where he gets put into white face and, and roams the city of New York I to do see like how that different one. it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's all, just take it. No one's around. Yeah, take just it. take it. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I think my favorite is the bus when they all just start serving cocktails and dancing. <laughs> <laughs> It, it I mean, it though. is a brilliant idea, but and yeah. it's also one of the rare, I mean, I guess it's not that rare because they did it all the way back in the John Belushi days, but it it was almost like a mini movie that they played. It wasn't a mm-hmm. sketch performed on stage. It was something that they filmed beforehand. Pre-filmed. Yeah, which we see a lot now, but then it wasn't as predominant as we do see now. Yeah, that was my number five. I know that there's some people who are probably already screaming at their phones that that's too low. For that one, it, I think that I've seen that on many lists of not even just Eddie Murphy, SNL in general being like one of the most like groundbreaking and important. But you know what? I'm going for the ha-has today. And I am too. Honestly, <laughs> the things that I, I did pick a couple that are just like I couldn't not have them on my list and I had to pick at least one sketch of his iconic characters. But specifically, I think I'm going to go with I just switched what my number five is might should be higher than five but just because of whatever but yes i'm going for the ha-has as well love number five i'm going in with family in the attic um, what is fam- i don't even think i know oh family God. in the attic i had never actually seen it before because i'd seen a lot of eddie murphy stuff and i was talk about the ha-has it's in season nine it was 1984 that's right i'm bringing in seasons and years Whoa, top that. No, I did not research that much. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. No, no, it doesn't. You know me. So it starts with a Dutch couple and they're old and they're sitting in their house and it's like a a Dutch couple has hid a Jewish family up in their attic and they're sitting there and, and they're, oh, remember the war 40 years ago? And they're trying to do Dutch accents. And even as they're talking, there's a little subtitle that says like, just so you know, this is a Dutch accent because they're just like <laughs> totally doing like a shitty job. That made me laugh so hard. I was like dying. They're kind of like, oh, remember 40 years ago during the war when we hid that Jewish couple or family up in the attic? And he's like, yeah, I wonder what they're doing. You let them out, right? No, I thought you let them out. And so they go and they run up and there's this old Jewish family up in the attic. And nothing makes me laugh harder than Eddie Murphy playing an old Jewish man. Like it's one of my and he does it all the time. Like he does it a shocking amount of time. I didn't realize how much he did it. And obviously me being an old Jewish man myself. I nothing gets me to ha ha more. And so it's Eddie Murphy sitting there and there's two 
fully grown, like one woman, um, she's has still has pigtails, but she's like 50. I think she even says like, I'm 55, but she was like a child when they got hit. And, <laughs> and they're like, is the Gestapo here? And they're like, hi, no, we're just checking on you. And he's like, Ugh. and Eddie Murphy does this whole like, She's the the Dutch couple feels terrible. So like, should we get you food? You haven't eaten. Uh, you know, I haven't eaten in 40 years, but sure. Why not? You should bring me food. And so she runs down and brings up this tray and he sits and he opens it. He goes, ugh, ugh chicken. I mean, I'm not complaining. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, and like just plays into this whole kind of <laughs> martyr, just typical Jewish like, ugh, ugh. and he takes a bite. And, ugh, and it's just the funniest, funniest thing. And the, the young girl who's now in her 50s is like, all over the Dutch man just because she's like, I'm horny. And she's like, my body has been going through so many changes. And and so eventually they end up, I think she's like, oh, you don't want chicken? I'll bring you eggs. And she brings up the eggs and Eddie Murphy opens it. And he goes, ugh, eggs. Like, mm, they're scrambled. It's fine. I'll eat it. It's fine. I'll eat the eggs. Like, And I just, I was laughing so hard. And then the Dutch couple go, wait, we hear them, the Gestapo. And they run out and they're like, let's leave them in there forever. I don't want to deal with them. <laughs> So I highly, when we're done with this, you'll have to watch it. It was so. I'm definitely gonna have to check that, that track that funny. down. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my my number four, I don't know why. In my soul, based on the type of person you are, I feel like this is on your list a little bit higher. It weirdly might be the Eddie Murphy sketch that I quote the most, which mm-hmm. is the Fifth Beetle. I don't think I've seen it. <laughs> oh my god. Eddie Murphy claims to be the Fifth Beetle that got cut out of the band before they were a huge hit. <laughs> And he's he's like he's like I was the saxophone player on the early Beatles songs, and they're like, well, I don't remember there being a saxophone in those songs. He's like, that's because they cut me out, man. He's like, I wrote all the songs, they cut everything out, and he's like, I even have old demo tapes, and it'll like hit play, and it'll be like Love Me Do, but there's just a sax just playing over <laughs> top of it. Oh my god! Why and I remember he's like. That? He talks about how he wrote all the hits, but they changed it. He's like, I love you was, she loves you was called, uh, she loves you, man. It's a ticket to ride was called, she's got a ticket to ride and a bitch don't care, man. (laughs) It's just, it's so funny. He's bringing out the photos and it's like these badly photoshopped pictures of like famous Beatles moments, but with Eddie Murphy just standing there with a saxophone in his hands. It's it's phenomenal. But yeah, that was that was one that I cause cause the joke is like he'll play some of the old demos of, you know, like again, I, I love love me do or whatever, but it, Every once in a while, you'll just hear him go, man. <laughs> so it'll be like, so it'll be like, so shake it up, baby, man. Twist that shit. <laughs> like, it's it's just, it's absurd. It's absurdism at its best, but that's that's one of my favorites. And I'll say this much. Figuring out four and five was a lot easier than figuring out what order I wanted to put the top three because I think they're all phenomenal. I know. I'm literally (laughs) staring at my list going, should I rethink this whole thing? Because one of my honorable (laughs) mentions even, I'm like, maybe that honorable mention I should throw in four and just take out one of the, well, duh, you put that one on there kind of a thing. Uh, You know what? Sometimes the duh, you put them on there deserve to be there, but... That's All right. true. All right, I'll keep it as it is. I'll keep it as it is. Right. And we just know that there's kind of no ranking. Like, who are we joking? We just love them yeah. all. This is just an excuse for us to talk about Eddie Murphy's SNL. All right, so then I'll go. This is going for the ha-has. I'm going to say number four is probably not even a full sketch. It's an advert, and I'm going to throw it to one of his most 
notable characters, it might you're probably gonna be like, stop, is his buckwheat. Yeah, I mean, I'll let you talk about the advert because I do have buckwheat, but I have a different element of buckwheat. I didn't actually put like a whole sketch and there's so many, they're so funny, but this one I laughed. I don't know why it made me Is it the CD? No, it's the jeans. It's the buckwheat jeans and he's laying down in like a full side and they're like going up the leg like the jeans are they this jeans no are they these kind of jeans no and it's that sexy voice and then it's him sitting he goes oh day and he's just like <laughs> and then the next shot is him leaned over in his ass and there's an ote etched it or like um in the jeans and i i laughed so hard but i was like this is not even a full sketch this isn't even doing justice of everything he's done with buggy and i was like this is going on my list because it made me laugh so hard I, I mean, all of those, I'll save my thoughts for later on with the fullness of the buttwheat uh-huh. stuff. But like, yeah, like even the buttwheat sings CD oh, that's is like so yeah, funny. Like uns ties fee times a lady. <laughs> <I do. laughs> it's it's so brilliant. Uh, that, that might be the most iconic character he ever played. Yeah. And um, that's why it's crazy that I'm like putting it at four. But I just am just because it was such a short yeah. one. But yeah. So... So my number three, at when I first started building this list in my head, my number three, I was like, this is definitely my number one. There's no competition. And then the more I thought about it, it, it dropped down a couple slots. Uh, for Mostly because it's, it's such a one-note joke, which is kind of what's so funny about it, but it's also so short. James Brown's Celebrity Hot Tub. Wait, that's my number two. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, hold, I'll hold, I'll hold. <laughs> I, I was going to flip it because I'm putting one of his most iconic things in three, but... Well, I like have a dual tie. There's two James Browns that I was okay. like, I'm just going to talk about them both. We'll hold because it just made me laugh so hard again. It's We're just so going good. for the ha-ha. Yeah. So, All right. Yeah, so let's hear my, your number three then. I feel like my number three is going to be your number two. It's Gumby, damn it. No, I Gumby, damn it, did not make it anywhere. Not even on my really? honorable mentions. I don't know what it is. I never enjoyed the Gumby sketches. Oh, God. I love but the Gumby. And the one that you I love old I love Jewish most, voice, Eddie Murphy. Though. Yeah, I was like Eddie Murphy being <laughs> old Jewish Gumby. Like, it's so funny to me. My dad actually dressed up like Gumby. There was this big like mayor's ball they did every year in the city I grew up in. They don't do it anymore. I don't know. And there would be these tables that you would buy out for the fundraiser. And so my parents were part of a table and you dress up. There's different themes every year, this, that. And so they were at the Saturday Night Live table. So my mom dressed up as Rosanna and Adana and my dad dressed up as Gumby. So we always had this giant, like, <laughs> just like what he wore, Gumby costume in my house. It's amazing. I love that. So I, I love Gumby and I love Gumby making a movie about his life. That's my favorite Gumby sketch. Because it comes in, you got Gumby like going into the agency and you're like, wait, it's a Gumby sketch, but it's not Eddie Murphy Gumby. What's going on? And so he does this whole thing and I'm Gumby. I'm going to make it this, that. Cut. What are you doing? Damn it. And he's just directing and trying to, (laughs) but it's the way he's portraying. Like, I just love not only the old Jewish has been star, but it's the, I am Hollywood. I am entertained. Damn it. Like I rule this town kind of a energy. And even in that, like it's in the movie when he's making it, he says, damn it. The, I forget uh, what cast members playing the Gumby in the movie. And he's like, why did you say damn it? Damn it. And he's like, well, I just thought it'd be more authentic. I do not say damn it. I never say damn it. All right, let's play. Damn it. Or like whatever. And it just, it's that kind of just complete denial of who he actually is and what he is and being like, no, that's not what I do. This is what I am. And I think it's so funny. I actually know so many people like that. So, um, I love Gumby. And then there is another sketch that he does. It's like the David Letterman 
um, show and he's on the David Letterman show. And so he's releasing a blooper reel. It's what did he call it? It's like Gumby. I I forget what the title is, but they show actual footage of like the cartoon, the Gumby claymation, which I used to watch as a kid all the time. Um, I had a little Gumby toy and a pokey, but he voices over for Gumby to like say, and I, I almost was like, this one might win, but I just love the making of the movie. But that one's hilarious too. Yeah. All right. All right. So my number two, and then we'll talk James Brown a little bit more. Uh, My number two is, it's hard to pick which one, but I think I know which one I'm going to do. Uh, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. It's my number one. The one. Uh, okay. Well, then we'll let's talk James Brown for a little bit. All right. <laughs> Aha! Got you back for that Aerosmith episode. Yeah. So yeah, the James Brown Celebrity Hot Tub. Oh, God. Like, I laughed it's so, so dumb. hard. That's why I had to put it number two. It's so dumb, but it's so my sense of humor. Just the coming out and, wow, oh, yeah. get in the hot tub. Oh, it's hot. It's hot. And when he yeah, like I derobes, still, if I'm at a hot tub, I'm like, hot in the hot tub. Get, get in the whip. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite though is like he like drops the robe to get in and then does the classic like James Brown down to his knee and the guy comes up and puts another robe on him as he's like getting and then pretends to leave the stage. <laughs> Is Dude, and when he what, so oh. he sings, he sings gonna get in the hot tub for like a minute. <laughs> and then he puts his toe in, just his big toe, screams, and then the lyrics change to it's too hot in the hot tub. <laughs> Burn my flesh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what I also love um when he does James Brown on Speaking Freely. And he's like, Hello, or you know, joining me tonight for Speaking Freely. We have James Brown. He wants to speak about the political movement that he's part of this that and all he does is basically the same thing where he's just like singing james brown song lyrics and being like, ah, you don't feel good ah, like it's just that's all he does and it's so funny to me and credit to the band the band that's playing oh, yeah. as his backup is absolutely killing it i do agree it's it's just too good and it, it has that he's you know, it's funny. It's just like everything It's kind of a side note, but on, on an Eddie Murphy note, it's everything he does is so Eddie Murphy. And obviously he's so talented in, in the films we come to know and love him almost more in in that um, decade of the 80s. He's still always this kind of, oh, you know, man, did it. like, I don't know. He's always very Eddie Murphy. But yeah, on SNL, it just like you get this range. And I think this it says something for every cast member is that, you know, once you go to films, you're a lot more conduced to your stereotype that you have to play. Yeah. Um, Rachel Dratt's book talks about this a lot, how she's like, you know, in Hollywood, I can either be a lesbian or a troll. And on yeah. SNL, I could be anybody. I could be the princess. I could be the man. I could be the, you know, and it's um just this kind of re- reality check of like, oh shit, but it's true. And it's, so I think it's like a really cool thing and awesome that, when because it's sketch comedy every player that you have on there you really get to see their full range whereas like eddie murphy's never gonna play an old jewish man in a movie no like that's just never gonna i guess like nutty professor we kind of get like a i was good gonna say every once in a while when he's playing like 40 characters we would but you would never have yeah. him in the starring role playing an old jewish man exactly like, and it's like it's fun to get to see him do even his james brown is just like he might have moments in a film, but if he's, you know, in Beverly Hills Cop, he's still him. And or I don't know. It's just I, I just love going back and watching all of these different sketches and just seeing this huge Rolodex of his talent. 
because we're so used to the Eddie we know and love. Yeah. All right. So my number one, you did make a reference to Buckwheat earlier. I just went with the Buckwheat saga, which like that ongoing who shot Buckwheat storyline. <laughs> I knew, I knew. Just, when you said you had something, I was like, it's going to be the who shot. Like it's so, America it's Morns. so good. And, and it was like <laughs> how long they stretched it out. The amount of times they played it back. Like, <laughs> let's play it one more time. <laughs> Like, I even, again, one of those, one of those, like, weird things that you start to quote is the footage of him getting shot. There's, there's the voice in the background. It's just like, hey, Buckwheat! <laughs> like, <right before. laughs> like, I think about just that all the time. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's so good. It's such a ridiculous concept. And yes, yeah, so you said America mourns. <laughs> like, I love that. Yeah. America mourns. And then, you buckwheat. know, the, it goes into the... The subplot of the person who they're pretty sure shot Buckwheat and they're like doing the interviews and then and it's also played by Eddie Murphy, like the lone <laughs> gunman. They're interviewing the people in town. They're like, he was so sweet. He was nice. He was very charitable. They're like, do you think he killed Buckwheat? Oh, absolutely. That's all he ever talked about. <laughs> 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 so it, it was just best. it's. It's actually one of the few sketches from this time period where I'm like, I actually feel like the coverage of mass tragedies is even more relatable. Like that skit is almost more relevant in the Seriously. like sensationalized way that we cover that stuff than ever before. So yeah, that's a that it. that's my number one. That thing is an absolute comedic masterpiece. Uh, but yes, Mr. Robertson, we got to talk about it. Like, I think that's just- probably his best. Num- like most well known, I th- I would say on on SNL. I mean, that's what it's. Let's just start with saying it's fucking hilarious. Dude, the amount take- of times that I just yell "Who it it?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that was really good, Matt. Did not expect. I do that it a you. lot. If someone knocks on my door, I still do that. If I know it's and a it friend is. coming it's over, it's that like nice, friendly kid front or you know kid. It's and it's. I grew up with Mr. Rogers, and so it's like watching this. It's just the whole concept. Actually, I read that Mr. Rogers was, um, you know, he, he was always flattered when people did impersonations or made fun, but he also um did have a problem with this because he's like, it's not just parents watching kids are hearing this too and so subliminally they're getting these messages from this kind of hey boys and girls and he's like that's not good because mr rogers is a saint but my i think my favorite episode watch this season 9 1983 is when he the word of the day it's the baby's episode and he's like boys and girls that brings us to our word of the day bastard and he gets the baby (laughs) in the basket (laughs) and he's like what smells like sour milk it's they're all so good though. Every time that I find another Mr. Robertson sketch, it's more funny than the oh, previous God. one. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that is if that's not if you're doing anything Eddie Murphy even outside of SNL and that's not somewhere in your top 5 like greatest Eddie Murphy characters, you're crazy cuz you're right. It's that he nails the Mr. Rogers-ness of it. But also the absurdity of it. We'll go to a quick commercial and then we'll come back for honorable mentions for the outro. Look at you. Look at you. (laughs) Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. 
Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. All right, Kelsey, what what sketches were on your honorable mentions that you didn't get to? All right, I've got four. I'm going to start with Space Shuttle. And it's aboard the Space Shuttle in orbit. An astronaut who's Eddie Murphy admits his love for his shuttle mate, Joe Piscopo. 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 Oh, my God. I read that and I was like, I know that's not it. Who's hilarious, (laughs) by the way. Um, Every... He's so great. It's very underrated, in my opinion. He... Um, I will say this. One of my two honorable mentions I put on there because... I'm like, Eddie's really not that funny in it. It is the Joe Piscopo show he's on this great. sketch. great. Oh, my yeah, God. He's like, actually in most of my uh, – he's in most of my honorable mentions as well, and I was really blown away with, with him because it's, you know, not someone we think of that much when we think of – I think him and Eddie SNL, works but... really well together. Uh, they yeah, can you can tell their chemistry is, is great. and it's But um, they're aboard a space shuttle, and they're talking to NASA in black and white, like, hey, okay, we're up in orbit, da, da, da. and it goes off, and it's just – Eddie and Joe sitting there and uh, Eddie goes, excuse me, sir. And he's like, yes, Lieutenant. Or this, that. He goes, I just wanted to let you know, I love you. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, you love me like a friend or he's like, no, I, <laughs> I, I love you, sir. I, I'm in love with you. And he's like, uh, you love me like I like Kellogg's. Like, you know, trying to, <laughs> you know. And so he just like blatantly just sits there stone cold, just be- confesses his love to him. And he's like, I'm very uncomfortable with this. Like, what? No, this, that. And so then the other two teammates come in and he's like, hey, why don't you um, tell everyone what you said? You know, he's trying to, he's like, we're all a team. Tell them, tell them that, tell them what you said. And he's like, that Houston's trying to call in in five minutes and we should have the X. And he's like, no, come on, tell him you love me. And he's like, uh, sir, <laughs> totally plays it off like he does it. And they're like, 
he loves you like we love Kellogg's and kind of repeats or like like the state of Arkansas. I forget what they said. He's like, no, he loves me. You know, just makes him look like a fool. And so then uh, Houston comes back on. Is like, oh, we want a video. The press is here. We want a video. Oh, okay. And so goes back to the kind of black and white footage and Eddie Murphy. They're like, oh, get in for a photo, boys. And Eddie puts his arms around Joe and gets real close to him. Because now it's like only, and it just, the timing of everything. And even the way Eddie Murphy just kind of, I love you. Like, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. Yeah, he's. Um, uh, I'll I'll bump in with one of mine to bounce off of that because I'm pretty sure this is going to be on your honorable mentions list as well. Um, I wrote down it as the Ebony and Ivory skit, but the one where there's Stevie Wonder and uh, Frank Sinatra. I didn't put that one down. There's so many good ones that no. I put that one down because Joe Piscopo's Frank Sinatra is so it's fucking so good. funny, <sighs> and like there's and that's the thing. That's why I put on the honorable mentions. I think it's an amazing sketch, but I think it's because. Of okay. a lot of Piscopo's lines. Just the things he says where he goes, uh, you know, when I think of Ebony, I think of a magazine that most people don't read. And when I think of Ivory, I think of a soap that floats. He just nails that, like, douchiness that you kind of secretly know Frank Sinatra probably was. Has. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, gosh. Perfect. Um, perfect sketch. <laughs> one of mine, these are in no order. I like how we're just still, it's like basically top five. I'm like, I'm basically giving my top 10. Um, there's a weekend update excerpt where they're like, oh, so Eddie, you got a new apartment. Tell us about it. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'm in a, you know, 20 story high rise up in um, Staten Island. He goes, you know, I was with my cat though. You ever heard that saying that cats always land on their feet? And it kind of goes and he's like, well, I was sitting there and I thought, well, let's see if that theory is true. So I threw my cat out the window. <laughs> and uh didn't really go so well. And they're like, oh, my God, you threw your cat out the window? And he's like, well, then I was looking around. And you ever heard that saying that a fish always lands on their feet? And you're kind of going. And so he's just talking about how he threw all his animals out the window. And you're like, at first it like wasn't funny because I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. And he's just so, again, stone cold about it. And he's like, well, then I see my dog. And, you know, it's my fish has made a nice little target for me to throw the dog out. Throws the dog out. And then he's like. Well, now I'm sitting there and I'm all alone, but I realize I have a parrot. And you might think, Eddie, parrots fly. Or I think that's what the guy says. He's like, but can't parrots fly? And he's like, not if their wings are clipped. So I threw him out the window. Like, it's just like, it's the stupidest, most like, oh my God. But by the end of it, I was dying laughing. I'll, I'll do another uh, ballet for the blind. Is I one don't of know my, this one. Julia Louise Dreyfus and Joe Piscopo come in and there's like an auditorium and he's like, oh, I hate these things. She's like, come on, we have a subscription to tickets. It'll be great. It's the ballet. And the curtains open and it's Eddie Murphy. They're doing the Nutcracker and one of the other girls and just terrible dancers. And just seeing him in a full male tights, everything, and just on his tippy toes, just flaunting around the, the stage. I was dying laughing. And he's like, this is terrible. And so she goes in for like a big leap or a big catch where he's going to catch her. And she just completely misses and goes right in front of him, slams on the floor. And they just keep going. Another guy comes out. They try to toss her from one guy to the next. They just keep missing each other. And he's like, we have to stop this. Like, they're blind. This is, and she's like, come on, they're blind. Like, this is great. Like, I'm really enjoying this. And he's like, this is terrible. We have to help him. We have to stop. And so he stops. He's like, whoa, whoa, wait, stop, stop, stop. And he's like, we have to stop this. Like, I, you guys, look, you're doing your best effort, but this is crazy and this, that. And, and Eddie Murphy comes forward and he's like, what's wrong? You don't like our dancing? And he's like, well, no, it's just, I mean, you guys are like hurting each other. You're blind. And this guy, he goes, we're not blind. And he's like, but isn't this the ballet for the blind? He goes, 
yes, it's for the blind. You're all blind. And all of the audience, he's like, are you all enjoying it? And they all lift up their canes and they're all, yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> he's like, don't ruin it for us. And so then they continue. And it's, it's just so silly and simple, but it, it was really funny. Gave me a good high. I love that. All right. Uh, the only other honorable mention I had written down was Little Richard Simmons workout video. Um, <laughs> I do not think I've seen that. Uh, he he plays a perfect combination of Little Richard and Richard, Richard Simmons. So it's a workout video, and it's you know a bunch of people standing there, and he comes out and he's doing a, a pitch perfect Richard Simmons voice, where he's like, "All right, everybody, it's time to get in shape. We're gonna sweat to the oldies." But then he sings all of the songs. He's like, all right, we're going to go. And ready, set, go, fat, go. I know a girl whose butt hangs low. She's flabby. <laughs> it's like, it's like, and they're just, it's just that. Like the meanest little songs. It's, there were a lot of sketches that I was like, man, only only the early 80s. Only, yeah, only the early like, 80s. Like, they could SNL. not do any of that, like him in white face or the... It's just just so much that I was like, I just don't think that they can get away with this. But you know what? It's so funny. My perspective on it is, especially with this sketch... I think that the I think that the joke is more in my eyes anyway. The joke is more the absurdity of those types of workout tapes to begin with, where it's like we're gonna For dance sure. to old fifties records and we're gonna lose sixty pounds. Shut <laughs> like, up, Matt. Like, That's what I did this morning. That's that was my workout. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you're you're most people's goal weight already, so I don't think that that's quite the same. I have to maintain it. <laughs> Dancing to records as Little Richard. Leave me alone. It gets my endorphins I, up. It's not just about I weight loss. About it. It's about it's about serotonin and not yeah. Yes. I've literally considered looking to see if someone's uploaded the sweating to the oldies on YouTube and like just doing it along with it one day. <laughs> like, it's basically yeah, jumping around and just little like bouncing movement. That's basically what I do at Disneyland, and I yeah. literally burn like a thousand cows. It's so hard. And then you had, yeah. Anyways, okay. My final uh, honorable mention is the sketch Oscar statues when they all are dressed as Oscar statues. Have you seen this one? No. Man, oh, God. I don't know anything. It's so <laughs> funny. It's like Joe Piscopo, Julie Louise Dreyfus, Eddie Murphy, and I forget who the fourth one is. And they're all like standing there and they're like, all right, next up. And they're like, oh, what what statue are you? And he's like, Psh. because Joe Piscopo's like, you know what I am. He's like, I'm best picture. And they're like, what are you? And he's like, oh, I'm a uh, best editing for a foreign film documentary, this, that, and they're all <laughs> like, you know, it's so it's all like who they are. And then I think it's Eddie Murphy's like best actress. Like, oh, you could go home with all the ladies. And he's like, I've been with this person, that actress, this. And he's like, um, and, and they have these like <laughs> stands. And so when they walk to each other, their feet, they have to like shuffle. And it's the funniest <laughs> thing. It's so funny. And then it ends up that Joe Piscopo is like actually lying and, they're like next up best trainer for dogs and monkeys and movies and then they're like and the winner is blah 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 and he starts he's like uh i need to go to the bathroom and moving they're like wait are you the award for best dog and monkey trainer and he's like <laughs> yeah i am and they're like it's okay like we're all equal and you you go and someone had to train those monkeys so well and he's like you're right and so he goes off the stage and then they all start like laughing at him <laughs> they're like, i the i love those i love those ensemble cast sketches where they're like how can we get every single cast member in here for for like a sketch and i have oh i think i've referenced it before but the all of the superheroes having a dinner party is like one of my all-time favorites from the classic era where like john belushi's hulk and chevy yeah. chase's superman or whatever and 
I just always it remember Ant Man being like, "Hey, check this guy out, Superman. He uh, can shrink to an ant, and he's as strong as a human." <laughs> Kelsey, if there's any sketches that we didn't mention. Where can people go and let us know that we have just ruined their day by not talking about one of their favorites? Yeah, let us know that you have completely had your day ruined by us on Instagram. You can find us at Before My Time underscore podcast or on Facebook. Just search Before My Time and we will pop up right on our wall. Send us a message, comment on a post, send us a DM, you know, just connect with us in some way, letting us know how much of an uproar you're in. And also, if you wouldn't mind just leaving us a quick review while you're here, if you have the time, it would be greatly appreciated. Just like we greatly appreciate each and every one of you for listening every week hope to see you next week and have a glorious day bye Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.